Hello, lovely. I'm Salem. I'm Adiola. Welcome to Tribe Table, a storytelling podcast by two Nigerians to disrupt the stereotypes of the African millennial woman. Inspired by your best, Chinua Achebe, Fumilayo Ransom Kuti, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichi, Muhammad Gaddafi, Quentin Ziga, and Wangari Matai. Hello everyone, welcome to Tribe Table. And wow, we have literally seen the end of 2017. Da horrible horrible year but <laughs> it's not all bad it's not all gloomy i guess i hope for everyone but to be honest salem let me yeah. give salem some time to talk hey, <laughs> hey everyone i can't believe it like we are at the end of the year i feel like i want to celebrate just because i made it for this year right like, let's just have a little virtual, of life. virtual <laughs> survival dance party guys like just just dance the music of the earth or whatever but just take a second and realize that like we survived yeah of course we can't say the same for everyone and i mm. wanted to send like a prayer and condolences to the family of erica garner it just mm. feels so devastating <sighs> yeah. to have i don't know like uh, i i feel like this if there's one thing i have learned personally and that i want to start this episode with is that we need to freaking freaking protect black women in 2018 mm. like i don't know how many black women you have in your life but seriously give your everything to protect them and people don't see this that we are on the bottom of society because fuck society that's how it is but also we really don't have anybody in our corner and like the way she has survived the incident with her father and all of that people think that just because you didn't die that same day that you had this major trauma mm -hmm. then you're okay which is not true because trauma is not like it, it, it's one of those things that we can't see how people experience trauma, exactly. but it's still in there. And I feel like I just want to send prayers to the rest of their family. Like really, I feel like this year has been horrible, not just because of Erica Garner and her family, but basically on all level of society, everything has been fucked up. Like politically, everything is fucked up. Financially, everything is fucked up. But, but because we are so good and try and okay, because of also the universe take care of its own. Yeah, we made it. We did made it. You know, and I I was thinking about that this morning, well, last night, because my body has been waking up at 3 a.m. every day for the past month and a half. And it's really been this cool, special, introspective time for me. Um, but this morning, when I was up, I started thinking about survival and how mm. we don't pay enough attention to survival and the strength that it takes to survive. And, and the gift that being alive is, right? Like how many people just take for granted the fact that you wake up every day and your lungs still work and your breath like you know in yoga we both learned how you don't actually you're not an active part of breathing like breathing happens to you 
right? You're just open, but like the air that you take is literally the force of gravity that like you don't actually, you're not in control of even your own act of breathing. And because it's uh, it's like uh, what is it? Like you're the vessel, right? You're the vessel, right? So and even your breath flows. As a vessel, you. it passes in and out from you, but mm-hmm. you're doing nothing. Exactly. It's just there, right? So it's, like, there's so much that even our very survival doesn't depend on us, and it's such a magical, life giving thing, and we just miss out on it every day because we feel like we're entitled to it. And I think in a year like 2017, where all the th- a lot of the things that we felt entitled to have been taken away and stripped away. It's really made us see that, oh, we're really not entitled to anything. So everything is a gift, right? And so even though this year has been the hardest year of my life to date, it has also been the year that has taught me that it's all a gift. It's all a gift. Yeah, and I feel like for me personally, like, okay, just to give you guys a head, a, a start ahead is that this episode is going to be very reflective and we want to share with you very raw our, what, 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 what are the things we've learned this year, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. and what are the things we want to visualize and manifest in 2018 Mm -hmm. because also there is power in words there is power in vision and there is power in what you see with your eye and when i say i i mean your spiritual and intellectual and energetic eye not just the eyes that we see today but what you can see into the future how can you foresee it that's what you attract Mm -hmm. and we wanted to do that with this episode because we already told you that we want to share with you amazing things that have happened and how we have survived and as salam talked on survival i want to say that one of the most important things that we've done this year is literally survive every single day and that's freaking exhausting that is so it it just takes away a lot from a human being especially like human being who also on a various level in our life in society we are called to show up every single day even days when we just want to be under literally under the cover and not go anywhere we're called to show up we're called to show up not just for ourselves but also for other people Mm -hmm. and it's just I don't know, Salam. I feel like it's just, wow. Like, I'm happy I'm here. (laughs) Me too. And, you know, I I think more than that, I'm happy that I was able to show up for myself. Like, I think this year, even though I was called to show up in so many really hard ways, there were just days when I could not. And there were days when I would call you frustrated because I literally could not get out of the covers. And I have so much to do, right? But my body was just like, yeah, no, we're not going to do this today. And so... Even though to me in those moments, I felt very weak and I felt like, what is wrong with me? Like, is this the rest of my life? Like, am I going to be so crippled by exhaustion and pain and burnout that I cannot do all of these other things? Um, Like, I'm really proud of how I showed up for myself. And that may not manifest in a lot of different ways of showing up in the world, right? Like, I may not have accomplished so many things that I set out to accomplish at the beginning of the year, but I showed up for myself. And that is, that makes me really proud. And I think you should be proud. And also I feel like a lot of time human beings and just us generally, and the way we have all been socialized is to set goals. Mm -hmm. And those goals might not necessarily add up to who we are. Or what we don't really want, right? 
exactly or even to our highest purpose like mm-hmm. what is your purpose you know your purpose if you look for them you know them the universe knows your purpose but most of the time we're getting all this distraction from other people and distraction from the world and what mm-hmm. we should look like what we should do what we should be like and it just distracts us from the main goal and it distracts us from the aim of like just showing up for yourself and the people around you and just like we constantly run into something and sometimes we don't even know what we're running towards and it's just sad what i said (laughs) that's true especially like the fact that we're running towards something that we don't know what it is right we have this arbitrary idea of when i get here I will be successful but what is that line like what does that even look like or you know that's based on a constant scarcity that what where we are and what we have is not enough when like we've already had everything from the beginning right like we are that's the biggest joke on ourselves is that everything that we could ever need we already have and so this year has been full of like me recognizing those moments of abundance and really mm-hmm. tapping into the fact that Hey, you know, I'm not, I may not feel like I am living this dream glamorous life, but the life that I have right now is a gift and it is the most beautiful gift and is exactly what I need for right now. And when it's time for when I have other needs, those other needs will be met. And so it's not really about striving, it's about just being and appreciating and loving and learning, right? And that sounds I'm eating so... cheesecake and Salem is looking at me like, bitch. No, no, no. I'm looking at her like, can, can you like pass it to me through the computer? Like, can You're this like, be can a you thing? Please give me some. Yeah, can, can we share this cheesecake? Um, But oh. I, I think that, no, seriously, like some people who knew us maybe two years ago probably don't even understand the how we think the way that we do right now because Mm -hmm. we've gone from being so like goal focused goal oriented to just living and being grateful and gratitude and you know i will always thank yoga for doing that for me um but i think it's been very interesting especially this year to really understand that some of the goals that i set for myself were not even goals that i wanted in the first place but were just things that i was conditioned to think that i wanted and so exactly you know We could totally just stop this episode here. There's so much truth in, in like, the first 10 minutes of the episode that we could just be like, hey, guys. And it, that's so true. But we But won't. I feel like we've done, we've given so much out. And mm-hmm. I also feel like a lot of time and just seeing from how people are doing and thinking when it comes to the end of the year, especially the last week of the year, yeah. it's just a weird phase for everyone. And I don't, I don't see people reflecting enough. Yeah. Like people are just busy getting Christmas gifts and I don't get me wrong, get your gifts and stuff, but why are you getting those gifts? Who are they for and what purpose do they serve you? Mm-hmm. And also like, uh, I don't know, like, we don't, because we live in a social media age, Mm -hmm. people don't celebrate their achievement anymore because they see other people's achievement and they compare it. They're like, yeah, I haven't done much. The fact that you are alive is enough. There's blood flowing through your veins, right? You're welcome. There's blood flowing through your veins. And especially for us who are trying to live this, like, black excellence lifestyle, right? Like, there's so much pressure on black excellence. And I'm just like, can we... You know, and (laughs) my cousin told me that one. She was like, can we just celebrate black excellence as survival? Mm -hmm. And at the moment, I was just like, but no, right? Like, that's settling in. But I think now I get it. Now I get how 
surviving in a dark skin in a world that is not that's most often hostile to a dark skin to like women who know what they want right being somebody who really is conscious and aware of the systems that are put in place to um block your success and to block your survival and to create unhealthy conditions for you and like for me i think even not only just being in the dark skin like i was meditating yesterday and i was also like thinking about the fact that i'm an Nigerian woman in 2017 who have a big mouth like i do and is still alive <laughs> who said the things that i say right on social media online who made video who who just say the things that i say like literally the things that i say are not really let me take it to my nigerian voice sometimes i feel like <laughs> okay like the fact that i'm alive mm-hmm. as a nigerian woman saying all of this thing the fact that i i'm here like i i don't know the fact that i have created beautiful things this year yeah. beautiful things beautiful connection beautiful relationship the fact that i have cried my eyes out this <laughs> year but i'm still here i've had heartbreaks this year but i'm still here don't mm. get me wrong everybody get their heartbreaking once in a while but the fact that in the first place me myself admitted that my heart was broken hey. the, that you know, and you that put yourself you put yourself in a position to get your heart broken. You Even know? though I knew my eyes, my koro koro eyes were telling me don't do this shit. But, but no. D- but you did, right? And it <laughs> wow. Yeah. Those are things worth celebrating. Like those are things worth you know, and I, we've also done some really big things this year, right? Like we kicked up the podcast this year, we've had some incredible right like we kicked up the podcast this year and you guys have listened in amazing ways like i'm still shocked that people listen to us low-key because we're just like wait like like, so low-key they actually yeah i'm like wait so like it's not just like my mom because my mom actually doesn't listen i told her not to listen um but (laughs) you're like you are commanded yeah so it's not even just my family like people outside of our families are listening to us and actually paying attention and getting things out of this like that that is incredibly humbling to me um we also like i mean distinguished diva fully bloomed this year for you uh, right like it so we it's not it's not that we haven't done things that are considered quote big but I think no, to us, like I, I'm just not gonna. I, I feel yeah, like I think to us, sense. yeah, to us, the things that matter the most, and that's very telling, right? The things that we are celebrating in this moment are not necessarily <laughs> the, the highlights or the things that other people would celebrate. It's the things that are like it's it's our a million conversations this year. It is you know like putting our heart out there to get it broken and being able to be resilient enough to survive it. It is you know, meeting with people in spaces and just hanging out and like creating content that people are really resonating with, even though it's not super mainstream and will never give get the nod from mainstream culture, right? Those are the things that have been worth celebrating. Those are the moments that our souls have really just fully lived in their essence. And I think that's telling to the people that we've become this year. Yeah, I feel like it's selling, but also, like, I don't know, like, on Christmas Day, it was so beautiful. I woke up very late, me and my sister, and my mom and dad cooked 
of course they always cook like it's not a surprise but the fact that they made amazing stuff like things we weren't expecting me and my sister are just like eh, yes nice and then since then it's been like a week of food constant food <laughs> constant like they had their anniversary two days ago so we made we cooked for them yesterday mm-hmm. me and my sister are trash really we're trash <laughs> like instead of us to get them a great gift we're just like we're gonna give you a great experience exactly <laughs> listen i think that matters more tbh so we we cooked for them and it was just nice like to see i don't know like our parents are growing older i feel like mm-hmm. like my, my dad was 60 this year right and i just enjoy spending those time with them and how honest they are with us like we talked about life and we were just making fun of them because they keep watching nollywood films all day today <laughs> <laughs> and me and my sister just like well okay whatever for me that's also like i don't know that's also something amazing and also watching my sister who's such a young black woman actually going to uni and living in a house with only white girls but she only have black friends and i'm just like man i'm proud of you she's like yes you should be (laughs) (laughs) no that's a big deal that is such a big deal yeah and i I mean, same, like, I've watched both of my brothers just bloom this year, and it has been, I I don't talk about, like, I, as as open as I am with a lot of things about my life, like, I'm not open with my, with, like, I don't share my family with the world as much, like, they're just, they're mine, I, I feel very protective of what I share of them, I share them occasionally on social media, but, man, I just, I'm so in awe of the fact that I have the parents that I do. Like, it's literally like, how, what did I do to deserve these two people who are just so smart, so wise, so knowledgeable, so Exactly. Kind, right? So raw. Like, I feel like my mom was talking about your mom the other day. She's like, <laughs> these are people who really add up to your life because we're talking yeah. about, like, Nigerian parenting mm-hmm. and how Africans think they don't have a relationship with their parents. And my mom was giving the example of your mom. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you guys don't necessarily get along with us 100% of the yeah. time when you talk to us. And that's like, I feel like that's the most amazing thing to also see them as human beings. Exactly, exactly. Not just moms and dad, but like they're human they're beings. And humans, you know, and they have their struggles. I was thinking about like how my mom has led me into some of her struggles. And the biggest thing that that has taught me, because I often felt this pressure of like, I want to be perfect for my daughter, right? I want to be at the perfect level Mm -hmm. of life. I want to learn all the things. Like I want my body to be perfect before I have children so that she doesn't have any, you know, all of this pressure that I put on myself. And then we're having a conversation with my mom and she's like, you know, I grew with you. Like you, and Mm. and that just really touched me because, you know, my mom was 28 when she had me. She was 26 when she got married. Um, but she's like, we've grown together. Like, over the past 20 years, we've grown together. And it was like, wow, I don't have to be perfect before. You know, like, I don't have to be, to have everything together. Like, there are stages of my life that I will never be able to grow into until I parent. And that's okay. And there's stages of my mom's life that she wasn't able to grow into until she had me. And, and you know, I've said this often on social media. My mom and I are just incredibly different in so many ways. Like, in you know, just in our mannerisms and the things that we like to do in the books that we like to read in the ways that we see the world a lot of times. But she, she grounds me. Like she, she grounds me. She is 
the wind beneath my wings. Like every right, she is my person. She is my legendary love. Um, and that's what I mean. Like this is one of the best year. Mm-hmm. I feel like I always had a good relationship with her, but this is one of the best years because I actually see them be human. Yeah. In terms of they have, they will come and admit. Like I think because of everything else happening in the world. We had hard conversations. Yes, yes. And they were like able to understand and admit so many things. Like my dad was talking to me yesterday about like how because of the way he was raised, even though he tries to decolonize his mind, it's like a lot of my thinking is colonized mm-hmm. because that's how I was raised. Yeah. And he was just like, it's interesting to see the way you are always antagonizing the system, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to anything British. Yes. <laughs> and it's just like, I love that, but I also envy that strength to be like, this system is fucked up. I want to build my system. Yeah. And right. it's just so amazing to see and to hear them claims and understanding that these are human beings and they're also learning and learning. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, I'm, ready to learn every day because learning is eternal yeah and i'm just like man some people will be five years 21 and they'll think they know everything saying that he wants to, that's how my dad is and i love with my dad like he has always encouraged our voice like i say this all the time i even wrote a poem about it right like he has always <laughs> asked for our opinion on things even when we weren't old enough to even have an opinion, right? Like, he asked my brothers, my, you know, Elias is 13, my baby brother, and he'll ask him things about, like, big family investment decisions that we're making. Of course, what does a 13-year-old know about, like, investment income, right? But he has honed that, and he pays attention to us. And, and so, like, it's funny when I'm talking to guys who really don't value my opinion, because I'm like, if my well, father exactly you're like well yeah like bye. yeah I mean, like if my father who like get brought me into this world can sit me down and ask me what i think about this then and listen and actually like ask questions and care about my opinion then who are you how dare that, you right exactly and i think this is one of the biggest i feel like it's a blessing and a curse somehow because yes. Most of, especially, I'm gonna talk about it now. Especially black men, their All emotional right. intelligence in society as a collective, as a collective. I repeat, I don't mean one black man or all black men, but I mean collectively, they have zero emotional intelligence. Negative and, too. Let's just take it. To the, I said, take, take it to the negatives. <laughs> so I'm being generous, right? Yeah, being generous. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like. It's just so weird that most of the smartest young black men that I've met, especially in 2017, because I haven't met a lot of them, to be honest, are so intelligent. But when it comes to the matters that are not about intellectual intelligence, Mm -hmm. they're so stupid. They don't get it. It's like what Audre Lorde said, like, oh, not Audre Lorde, sorry, Bell Hook was saying in her book, Love, New Visions, Mm -hmm. that... They've learned about caring and taking, but they don't know what it really means to love and actually respect others. Yeah. Like, the head is thinking about, I'm going to make money, and their black excellence in their own mind is all about acquiring. showing up. Yeah, acquiring. And I think even with women, it's like, okay, well, Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm going to get so many women, and that's excellence. And you're just like, well, okay, okay. Yeah, and and even God will help you. You know, and I think it's been disappointing to me because even in the ways that 
they view relationships like it's all towards an acquisition standpoint right it's yeah not like if i don't see myself getting you then you're not worth investing into mm-hmm. meanwhile for me and it's, it's like it goes in it's yeah like, meanwhile for me it's just like hey let's get to know each other like you won't know if i'm worth quote getting until you get to know me but in the ways that men view acquiring of women as a status quo and we've set it up that way for women and for men and it takes a lot of work to decolonize and recognize that for women a being chosen is not the end all be all of life um and for men that a partner to walk through life is not someone that you can own right like they're they're their own person and they give you access into their life because they love you but that access is a partnership like it's not you're not the boss. It's a part. Yeah, and I feel like for them it's hard. Like I get it. I, I mean, I don't excuse zero emotional intelligence. I'm sorry. Do your homework. But there is also understanding from their from society to them that it's okay that the woman do the work, especially when it comes it's to emotional, emotional labor. And I think they don't even see that that emotional labor is work. Like it's not validated. No, they don't. They and don't whenever you mention it, they look at you like you're an alien. It's like you're talking. Like I've met a guy who is super <laughs> smart, like highly placed in society, like seriously smart. But then I look at this person, I'm just like, wow. You're not smart. Like, you're book smart. Yes, you have some level of integrity on your work. Mm -hmm. But your personal life is a mess. It's a mess. Get yourself together. Like, it just makes sense that they don't even see it. And for me, that's the biggest problem. Like, they don't see that they need to do the work. I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of black women are doing the work because they've seen where the work needs to be done. Yeah. So they're healing, they're literally taking their time to heal, taking their time to understand themselves, to learn themselves. All this new age stuff of like Afrocentrism, Afro-spirituality, if you see around it, it's mostly women and black women. And then you're like, what happened to our men? Like, of course, I don't care. Like, seriously, I don't care about a specific race, but I'm just saying as a Nigerian, there's so many Nigerian men out there who are super amazing and doing well, but they're not discovering and embracing themselves holistically. So they don't know who yeah. they are. Yeah. And that's one of the things I've said this year. And I'm just like, well, do I want to do the work for them? No. Probably. Do I wish they can do the work? Yes. Will they do the work? That's on them. And, and, you know, the most I will do will be, like, offer tools. If I know that this is someone who's ready to do the work, like, offer suggestions of tools. But oh, not, you're so nice. Yeah, but not nice. <laughs> I try to be. But, like, when it comes to actually doing the work for them, like, just recognize. I would rather do physical, like, work work in collaboration with a human, male human, than, like, emotional work with a male human, right? Because I think that that is just so much taxing. And if it's physical labor, you're appreciated. And if it's work labor, you know, they recognize the value in what you're doing. But somebody who doesn't even recognize that, A, learning how to communicate is a very positive, valuable thing in this universe that we live in, you know, right? Or someone who doesn't recognize how to deal with conflict and just runs at the first sight of conflict. Or someone who doesn't even know how to communicate what they want without beating all around the bush for like two days, right? Those are things that wear me down and make me have to pull from you what you're trying to say. So like, do you are, are you saying this? Are you saying this? Are you saying this? Like, do you actually want this? Or is it this that you want? And people just expect, I think maybe because their moms have always done it for them, 
you know this is it dear moms i'm so happy my mom does not have a son because i will drag her <laughs> i would have dragged her so much no seriously the woman need dragging sometime because the way she talks about how you need to do things for men i just look at her and be like well my sister's like we're not gonna have this conversation just let's let let's, us move yeah, let's along. Yeah. but imagine if there was a brother in this house the dragon she will endure. Like they, it's always the moms, and I feel like I thank God for our generation because I see a lot of my friends who have like sons. Mm-hmm. The way they're raising them, hopefully they will not. We will not be having the same conversation in their generation. Hopefully not. Hopefully. My daughter's not allowed to suffer the same things that I suffered through in that. At I all. Mean. At all. <laughs> No, it's it's actually like I don't know, like there was this uh time I was talking to my dad about like how he he's very emotional in terms of like he will express what he thinks and how he feels and he's very communicative about things and I feel like that helped us, me and my sisters, to understand that men are supposed to have emotion and yeah. communicate those mm-hmm. emotions. But then you go outside and you see especially black men, like I have been raised the way I have been raised. I've seen white men, they really will express what they think like they're not gonna be playing the game because you know what i'm not a mind reader and i don't gonna read your mind Mm -hmm. but black men expect you to know just like but why don't you know and i'm just like because i don't have psychic ability like (laughs) if i did i would use that to make money not for you like tell say what you think communicate what you want communicate what you want Say your truth, like your truth, let your truth, just speak it. If you, if you speak from a place of love and compassion towards other people, I feel like we will both learn and move on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the things I see in society, especially like even in school, and I'm trying to kind of get acclimatized with the Nigerian, uh, when it comes to like pop culture, like mm-hmm. watching Nigerian movies and stuff. I am just like, every time I'm watching a dream movie, I want to bang my head. Because, like, I'm like, so, wow. Wow. So, we still have this type of thinking. Like, okay, I don't know if you guys watch this. There's, like, something called Our Husbands of Lagos. So, this dude really called his mother's... (laughs) So, he called his wife's mother and brother and uncle because she decided not to cook the real pandad yam. See, I don't think that those are things that actually happen. And maybe, I hope not. Maybe I, I live really in it. Maybe I live in a Calabar bubble, right? Like Calabar is very much like Calabar and Akwaibom are very unique in the ways that they are. A Calabar more so than Akwaibom. Um, but my Calabar bubble has just been. I don't know. Like most of the people that I'm around are fairly progressive. Now they may not I be. Hope so. Yeah, they may not think in the same ways that I do as far as like house work, but I think that in a lot of ways. It's still fairly mm, so progressive. The, uh, so the guy in the film was uh, what's it called? Was an Igbo man. I don't remember. I don't know what state. But as a Yoruba person, I know that a lot of people come and complain to your family. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I know people who will call their aunts. Oh yeah, like a cousin of my dad's husband is calling my dad to talk to his wife, and I'm just sitting here, be like, wow. So you people cannot fix yourself. Like, yeah. you can't talk to your wife. So what's the point? Or sometimes my mom will be like, you better know how to do this egg soup or something because your husband will not come and complain to me. I was like, well, if he's coming to complain to you, then there's a bigger problem. 
seriously and i think like the ways in which because i you know i've heard those things and the ways in which we condition female children to only or to think of their worth as cooks and homemakers i'm the worst cook (laughs) well and that's fine like and that's fine i think because we recognize it for us me and you we recognize yeah. that we're not only as valuable like, as what we can cook, right? You, you know, as much as our parents kind of joke about it, they still have been, they still have those moments where they encourage our intellect, where they encourage, like, other parts of ourselves that are not just our nurturer part. And so they, I, they feel like they, I feel like they do until a certain level. Like, for me, it was never a question of can you do housework until recently, so my mom never talked about, can you do housework or not? She know I can do my stuff. I can take care of myself. I've been living alone for a long time. Mm-hmm. But now it's more about like, can you do it for someone else or at person. someone else's timing? Because most of the time I wake up at 3 a.m. and be like, oh, my apartment needs cleaning and I'll mm-hmm. do it. But for her, she's like, what about if somebody comes anytime? You need to be intact all the time. And I'm just like, it's my house. If you are coming... Tell me, did I invite you? Yeah. No. No, I think that's interesting because for me, it's always been like, I remember, you know, growing up at six or seven and being like, well, you have to learn how to cook. If not, your husband will send you back. Right. So it's always (laughs) so from like a young age, it's always been like, well, this and, you know, no fault because that's how that's all my my mom knew. Now, I as I grew older, I've kind of fought against that so much. And I'm like, listen. You know, I think in so many ways, the fact that other, like your intellect is encouraged, the fact that you're um, even being a nurturer outside of those traditional things that are considered valuable nurturing have also been encouraged. So I'm able to say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, how can you guys say this? But on the other hand, still say this and really help them see like the double mindedness in those conversations. But also yeah. understanding for me and really getting to a place of knowing that there is, there's so much that I bring to the table. And if, with the ways that I am hoping men have are being raised, they will be men in our generation who have learned how to take care of themselves. And so when there's a woman added to the picture, they don't expect a woman to take care of them. Mm. I'm, yeah. not even, I'm just looking for it's one. It's so funny. Just not, not like all, right? Like I don't, I could care less what other people do in their own marriages that's up to them as long as both parties are happy like that's up to them i think that for me though like i know the kind of home that i want to raise a daughter into is the kind of home where nurture is the role of both parents that's so true and also like let's get back to what what this year has been like on a political scale for both of us i don't know if you want to talk about it but yeah like reflectively if you look back if you look back well well done good luck (laughs) yeah okay so she's not really very happy about this she's like well why do we break this up now yeah i would say politically this year obviously this year has been a hard year america had 45th right and so Everything from January, which was the swearing and the inauguration, February, which was the executive order um, affecting immigrants, March, which was like an, some kind of environmental agency thing that was passed, 
April, another immigration executive order, right? Almost every month, there was something mm-hmm. big that had a major intersection with my life and the way that I work. And it hits me hard, especially with people in the religious settings who mm. really equated, who couldn't recognize injustice for what it was. And so it affected my tribe and the people that I considered my people for a long time and the ways that I worshipped even. Mm. Um, for for in, in really, really, really hard ways, none of which I'm prepared to talk about right now, but mm. in some really hard ways. But what the messy middle of being through it, and, and Brene Brown calls it the day two, um, and the day two, the messy middle of dealing with stuff like that is really being in it and feeling the feelings and grieving and being upset when you need to be upset and, you know, just feeling all the things and what being in the messy middle of all of this taught me about all of that was A, of course, the political will always be personal for me, mm-hmm. but what is more important like we talked about at the beginning, for me, is surviving. And so if something is killing me, I don't have mm-hmm. to talk about anything that is killing me. And I don't have to intentionally put myself in a position to continually be hurt mm-hmm. politically or emotionally just because I'm an advocate. Like, there's time to step out. There's time to tap out and take care of myself. And I only need to advocate from a place of love. Which is weird because the whole advocating for a place of love because I think he- healthy doses of anger are necessary for advocates. Um, Your anger is an... Adv- uh, is a, I mean, like, if you have informed anger because some people are angry and they don't know what they they're angry, what angry at. Yeah. That's, but I couldn't that's even, just trash. Yeah, but I think for me, like, my anger was... I had to learn that my anger... I needed to feel that and not act from it. Like, I needed to feel the anger and recognize mm. that my anger is part of being human and really own the fact that I am really angry at the situation right now and own, like, the collective anger of that moment without acting from a place of anger. Yeah. And also for me, as a, like, living life as an activist for the past 10 years, what I've learned is that it's okay to be angry because that's actually where you channel that anger into something productive, Mm -hmm. into something that will actually change society, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether that's your local society, like five people in your area, Mm -hmm. or on a bigger scale. But I feel like this year, what I personally have learned is solitude like among mm. all this craziness to yeah. take time away from everything yeah because it really is a lot like we we're always like um i don't thank god i don't live in america i don't know how i'm gonna deal with that <laughs> i'm just so wow like i was in new york in september and i was like well new york is actually a bubble because everybody's kind of nice mm-hmm. and there's like some middle class upper class black people doing their thing nice but it's also like feeling having this feeling where your life is really in danger yeah. like mm-hmm. knowing that i do not have control of my life because of my body in mm-hmm. this country like of course there are structural and systemic racism in europe where i live but we i know that there's no gong like mm-hmm. there's not gonna be a police like i actually used to love policemen in greece and in the uk and in germany like because they're so approachable and i could ask them things mm-hmm. but with everything happening in america this year i've listened to that conversation from the other part of the atlantic and know that maybe i shouldn't love police that much like <laughs> maybe i should just like 
know that sometimes the system is not there to protect me, but protect someone else's benefit and someone else's interest. But also know that I how can I contribute to the dialogue in terms of how can I be there for my people over there? Like I have friends and families in the United States. I have families in mid United States, like Wisconsin, Jesus Christ. Like seriously, it's not even like New York or California. Yeah. Like knowing that my cousins grown as black men are living in Wisconsin and they might be in danger mm -hmm. having that knowledge and just like staying away also from social media sometimes because like in the summer especially with all the videos mm -hmm. it was too much girl you know i took a summer break from social media which was the best thing i did this summer like yeah you remember end of may I I left. you were even in nigeria imagine i was here in europe in this cold cold world yes <laughs> that was the best thing that happened to me this summer just going away for like a month and a half and being loved on being loved on like going away and really just staying away from social media as much as possible that was powerful for me having people show up for me was also powerful Ooh, i feel like yes uh, there were people like I didn't watch all the videos. I was like, no way was mm -hmm. I going to see oh, that. Absolutely. But there is sometimes like sometimes you can't escape it. You just creep towards Instagram and there's one video and you're just like, fuck, I don't want to see that. Mm -hmm. But also seeing people reach out, like especially for me, like most of my closest friend outside Salem and other people that I've reached and connected to this year and last year are mostly white women. And seeing some of them reach out and some of them don't and seeing how that relationship, like the way even I communicate changes, like mm -hmm. what I talk about changes, the things that matters to me changed. Mm -hmm. Some people don't like it, but I actually love the fact that I know who is there for me yeah. in terms of on a collective level. I know who's going to call and love up on me and I know who's going to make sure that my experiences are not called illusions and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not just in my head you know like That's of course powerful. I'm not in danger but people who look like me are in danger and it kind of affects me somehow mm. on a mm. on a psychological level like I feel for them yeah hmm. so a question if you had to sum up mm -hmm. three big like three Either three words or one sentence about what 2017 has meant to you. Wow. What it means. Wow. Awakening. Okay. Uh, for once. Uh, awakening, definitely. What 20s? Uh, there's so many things. I, I can't. Definitely awakening in all senses and also like letting let letting things take a, their own flow you know like yeah. things are gonna happen anyway of course that doesn't mean i'm gonna be watching it actively but not not worrying of course that's mm -hmm. so easy to say but i do worry but also calling myself actively that you don't have to worry mm -hmm. because your worry is not gonna change shit Anything. like things are gonna happen good or bad i can't change it uh what else have I learned this year? Family. Yeah. Whether that's like biological or people you adopt into your space as family. Learning that that's all that really matters. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, 
just like what I've been saying, like ever come when it comes down to the way, who shows up for you? Those are my yeah, family. Yeah. Those people I appreciate, those people I'm grateful for. And those people I wanna continue twenty eighteen with. Yeah. Like I don't wanna stress myself over who doesn't. Like people who remain silent this year, mm-hmm. I will remain forever silent to them. <laughs> because yeah. 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 That's, I guess that's one of the things I've learned. I like those. So I think one of my big ones would be support, like kind of what you've said, asking for support and letting support come to me. Um, I'm really, really, really like I'm a caretaker. I'm a true firstborn, right? So I'm always my mode is always taking care of others and supporting others. And with being in a mm-hmm. helping profession, um, that's been my mode for as long as I can remember. And this year really has been the year where I haven't had enough to support others. And so letting seeing others support me has been very, again, very humbling. And, you know, like you feel like low-key un- unpacking at why I feel like I don't deserve support, right? Like unpacking mm-hmm. those feelings of, yeah, I'm okay to do for everyone else and I'm, I'm a great giver, but why don't I want to receive? Why don't I feel like I deserve to receive? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm packing that and really coming to a place of being okay with just as okay with receiving as I am with giving and I'm a, I am I love to give and so it's it's been really cool to also learn to love to receive um, mm-hmm. I think that's been a big one for me so that's support and receiving um, another big one for me I think has been whew, recognizing how much we're not in control <laughs> like mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how there's so many, like, parallels. Yeah, and I think that's why this year we've worked a lot of the same, the similar journeys in a lot of ways. And it, mm. I think I'll forever be grateful for you because in everything that I've walked through this year, like, I have had support in you. And so, Aww. yeah. It's been, a, it's been a, what's it called, like, a, a, an equation, really. Like, yeah, we really. It's a community. Just, yeah. like, grow from each other, learn from each other. We have. We have, and I've, I've really loved that. But that's that's been one of the big things that this year has brought for me, just community and people that truly, man, people that truly care about me without me even having to deserve it, right? Like, I want to cry when I say that because I, for so long, I have pursued people caring for me by caring for people. Mm. And so if someone, if I, if I give to someone and they give to me, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. It's like earning something. Exactly. And I really feel like the people that have loved me have loved me because I've been a good person and I've been there for them. And so it really has been so humbling to me this year where it's literally been like a majority of my friends have had to check on me. I haven't checked on them. Right. Like a majority Mm. of people that have been in my life this year. I've had to go out of their way to be intentional to see me and hang out with me because I really have been in my bed most of the year. I've worked from home most of this year too. So it really has been the people that wanted to see me came to see me. The people that wanted to talk to me had to pick up the phone and call me. The people that wanted to do lunch had to reach out, right? The people like in, in there have been a few people that I've reached out to, but compared to what I've done the rest of my life, it's been so lit. Like even my parents, I think I, I've kind of often had that belief in my head that 
you know, I'm the good kid. I always show up. Like, I always do things. I always, mm. like, take care of everyone else. So, like, why wouldn't you love me? And then in this year... <laughs> why wouldn't you love me? Exactly. Like, I always do all the right things, right? I make good decisions. Like, I'm not hanging out. I'm not partying at night, right? Like, I'm, I'm this kid that, like, you guys would be proud to love. And in this year of really just being like, okay, whatever. Um, just, like taking care of myself and not really putting anyone else first, I have seen mm-hmm. and received so much love. And that is so humbling to me. Mm-hmm. It, it's so it's so good to, uh, what is it called, like to hear, because for me, it's just like, I, I'm still learning and unpacking, letting other people do things for me. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like I need to always not prove myself, but I'm, I'm a server, and that's mm-hmm. so hard. Like, I really want to serve others. I want to do things for others. I'm just like, my brain would give me millions of ideas per day how I can fix things mm-hmm. or I can make things better. And sometimes I'm just like, you just need to relax, you know, like sleep, take care of yourself. Like, I always work around other people's time. For mm-hmm. example, I'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll stay to record this podcast and I know that that will affect my productivity but I'll stay up mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll have like especially with the Sangshiva like we'll have a team meeting and every and I'll, I wouldn't put my time first I'll just like what time are you all available mm-hmm. and it's just so weird that I always put my needs like on the bottom of priority not because I hate myself, of course, but because I feel like I'm coming from a place of I want people to feel good about what they do. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be your biggest hype man. I'll be your biggest supporter. I'll buy your books mm-hmm. if you have books. I'll do what you do. But I also need to learn, and I'm still learning, how to, like, just ask people for things. Like, I feel like the most important thing that I took away this summer was when I was in New York, and we needed a space for Distinguished Diva Brunch. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to all, like, I did what I do, like, send emails to companies to sponsor the space and stuff like that. And some companies were like, yeah, sure, but then never show up. Like, we had an agreement with this woman, and then when I get to New York, keep calling her, FaceTiming her nothing nothing and i was so devastated because i i counted on that offer Mm -hmm. so i stopped looking but sasha was just like adiola you know we have friends who have kitchens in new york Mm -hmm. like of course we can ask them and i was just like oh okay like she literally gave me like two names of people and Mm -hmm. said like you could always ask we could ask this person and this person and they'll be glad to have us but i'm just like but i don't want to like impose you know like get 10 people into someone's house and she just called me off she's like you have done so much for others and asking them is actually good for them because they actually would love to give their space for something so beautiful and powerful and it was such a i don't know it was such a out of body experience Mm -hmm. that i actually was like uh i don't know it's such as it's like i'm gonna do it like i'll ask them Mm -hmm. and then we were in this beautiful kitchen cooking and everybody was so happy everybody was like oh my god you should come and do it in my house too next time when you're in new york do it in my house and Sasha was like, can you help? Uh, something about the music. I don't remember what. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want to ask her. Oh, yeah, pictures. So there's one person who is a photographer. Like, the room was full of artists. So there are mm-hmm. photographers, creative directors. Like, can we take pictures of the brunch? And I was just like, yeah, but I don't want to ask them, you know. I don't want to 
inconvenience them. Such as, like, well, Adiola, you're beautiful, I love you, but you need to start asking people for things. Mm -hmm. Like, start asking for support. It's not an inconvenience, and it's not a bad thing. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things I learned with the community generally and also like learning that it's okay to ask people you know like yeah it's people okay want to give why i i keep giving but i don't want to take and i'm just like it's sad because such as like you know a lot of times these people will be so happy to actually when you ask them they'll be so happy to do it but you never give them the chance because you're like i don't want to inconvenience you yeah so I had one day this that, this year where it hit me and I just, I was having the worst day of my life. And all I wanted to do was just like go cuddle with my mom and just like <laughs> sleep in my mom's bed and like just cuddle. It was just a really, really bad day, but I didn't do it because I was like, well, I don't want to inconvenience her. Right. And it was like, <laughs> and so I was like, Salem, this is very ridiculous right now because you need touch. Like you need affirmation. You need someone to hold you and you just need to feel seen and heard and this is your mother like this is not like another person right this Stranger is someone right like this is someone that you know that if you go to she would be glad to like cuddle with you and just hold you all through the night but i couldn't make myself do it and i i gave myself lots of grace for that moment i was like okay but we'll come back to this and you know since <laughs> then I've, I've learned to ask for hugs and touch and other things that i need but i'm just recognizing that in that moment when I needed this so much because this was such a hard day and I just could not make myself ask for this thing that I wanted, which was so basic, just human contact, right? It wasn't like, give me a million dollars, right? Like, this was just... <laughs> it was like... It was, it was like, so would you pay my rent? <laughs> right? It was, it was free. It was like, just hold me. Just hold me. And and so I've learned to ask for hugs now. I am now a proud hug asker. I'll ask the boys for massages whenever I'm stressed. I'm like, listen, upper back, yes, you don't have to take off my clothes, but you can do it. Through. Like, you know, I'll ask for what I need. Um, but it just hit me that day. And I think it was like maybe early April that I couldn't ask my mom to just hold me because I was afraid of inconveniencing her. Mm, yeah, it's so weird. I'm still learning, but I actually... Uh, one of, I think we should get to that, maybe. One of the things I'm planning to do actively and consciously in 2018 yeah. is to fearlessly let others love me as I yeah. love others. Yeah. Like, if they're going to say no, they at least I give them the chance. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, can I stay in your house for a day? Literally, I have so many friends in Berlin. And whenever I go to Berlin, I take a fucking Airbnb. Why? Why? I don't know. Why? Until last year, my ex was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're going to save my house. I'm not going to be there. Stay there. And I was just like, um, no, I know. And he's like, so you are going to go and pay Airbnb instead of staying staying. at someone's place. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Need to learn that. So I, I guess, yeah, we're transitioning into what we feel for 2018. And um, one of my coaches had this challenge that every, like the note card challenge was what she called it. And she said, mm-hmm. write down things that are centered around your womanhood, who you want to be, write it in present mm-hmm. tense, like in I am terms and mm-hmm. give yourself a year and almost like every week, write it down in a different note card and every day as much as you can read that back to yourself. And so last year I did it mm-hmm. and it was so cool. Cause one of the things I wrote last year, which just became such a reality was I am a woman who has transformed her head knowledge into wisdom. 
And that really played out for me this year. I feel like this year was the most, was the least knowledgeable year of my life, but the wisest mm. year of my life, right? Like, mm. I was, I learned less things, but I knew less things. I knew more things in my body on a very subconscious level that can't be taken away from me, right? Like in your head, things can be taken away from you in your head. But if you know something in your body, if you know something in your bones and your blood, that can't be taken away from you ever. Um, and so mm. I think that that was transformed. So it was a very powerful practice. And I started it this year again as I've been ending the year. And I think my first one, one of my big ones was like being ready to receive love and like receive love from a grounding man who does not objectify me. And that was huge and powerful for me to write down because I, as you know, like we have, Adiola and I have so much to say about the state of the patriarchy and a lot of men buy into patriarchy without questioning it. So like even being ready to say, okay, like I am ready to receive love from a man was huge, but it's there mm-hmm. and it's out there and I'm going to like keep saying that to myself so that I'm actually ready for it. Because I think that it is something I I want to be ready for by the end of this of 2018. Hmm, so beautiful. Yeah. How about you? What's 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 another for you? Uh, so another for me is affirm to constantly affirm my prosperity and excellence. Mm, that's a good one. In terms of like saying, I feel like a lot of time I I, I know in my soul of soul that I'm okay and I'm being taken care of. Mm-hmm. But the way capitalism works is mm-hmm. I'm always stressed about shit that I don't need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or things I shouldn't be scared of, or like even what I've been learning as a business owner with Distinguished Diva is that I know that there are millions of channels that could take off and do the things that I want to do. But I'm also very, I'm a Capricorn, so I really want to know where I stand with people and with things, and this also is like with systems Mm -hmm. so with capitalism i'm always having this capricorn idea of i want to know that i'm good like if my bank accounts have less than a five figure i'm like stressed Mm -hmm. and people are just like bitch shit really (laughs) yeah which is not a big of a deal but it's I, i guess that's how I am wired and I'm really learning to just affirm to myself daily that my excellence is not something that is measured by capitalistic ideas and measure and how much productivity, like my productivity is not based on how much I put in, but value, the value of the things that I put in. And also that my purpose here in the world is to create things that last and solidify mm. wealth for others and myself yeah oh that's good i know Ooh. i was this is what meditation of visionary words does to you, does you know? right? <laughs> okay so one of mine another one of mine is i want to be gentle with myself as i transition and mm. so there, there are lots of transitions for me in 2018, which hopefully I'll share some in the next podcast. Um, but some big transitions coming in. And in the past, the way I've handled transitions have not been great. I had, mm. They've been very either dismissive, dismissive of my own needs. Um, and so, like, what does it mean to transition into a new space, into a new season, with ease and with gentleness for me and recognizing that 
I don't need to have everything planned out. I don't need to have everything figured out, but that I really just need mm. to ease into whatever it is that I'm transitioning into. Um, you know, that's been that's been really big for me as that's something that keeps coming up. And I think there's a part of me that is fearful because every time I've transitioned, I've kind of lost a piece of myself mm. um, and I've pushed myself too hard. And so that part of me that has transitioned, you know, whether that was through law school or through the launch of a career, I think really the launch of Afangere Global was really the only thing that I didn't super push myself. But even, you know, the idea of quitting my old firm and in 10 days later launching a new law practice, that was a lot. At least it wasn't the same day, but <laughs> I literally gave myself 10 days to like start a new business from when I left my old job, right? So it just in a lot of ways, every time I've transitioned, I've kind of forced myself to be okay sooner than I have felt okay with the transition. Um, and as I transition now, I think I just want to have more grace for myself and more ease as I do that. Hmm. That's so beautiful. Transitioning has always been weird for me as a kid, but also as an adult. But I feel like I learn transitioning because I move a lot. I've lived in more than like 10 countries, so I'm good. You have. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful, Celine. And I think like being uh, journeying with you, like we've known each other for two years now. I know. (laughs) So nice. Journeying with you, like I I feel like you are always, uh, I I, I think I've told her this and she knows this, like (laughs) God almighty. Like she makes. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm the I'm the reasonable one in terms of like how I think I'm very caught and like cold in my thinking yeah and Salem is very emotional about it which is a beautiful thing I love it but sometimes I'm just like Salem this is okay you're yeah. doing fine like really yeah just remember you're 23 yeah and it's okay yeah no I'm learning to see what you see in me because it's yeah, I think that that is one of the biggest acts of, like, letting people love you is, like, believing what they say when they talk about you. Because you don't, mm-hmm. sometimes it's really hard to see yourself as you are seen by the people mm-hmm. who love you. And so a step above receiving is believing that the person who is giving to you obviously thinks you're worth giving to. Or the person who is, like, mm-hmm. saying these things about you obviously believes those things. So believe The things they say, exactly. Thank you. Um, yes, this is so emotional for me. I don't know, like, it's so weird to say it. But after, like, I, so just to give a disclaimer, we literally took time to think about the things we wanted to share today. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, this will be the most raw episode for me. Mm-hmm. Because the next uh, thing is, like, to attract and allow, like, uh, I don't know, like as a young child, due to various circumstances, I've always believed that, uh, so weird to say, believe that I'm not worthy of love. You know how, you know that? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know how that means, but I just believe that people will always disappoint you. Mm-hmm. And it's so negative and it's so weird. And I'm, I have been working on this for the past like years of my life. 
And it's so good to say it now because most of the time, I like as a yoga therapist, I work with people who are survivors of trauma and try to tell them like your body of love, you know. Mm-hmm. It's so nice to see all of those things, you know. Uh, but but personally, living it out. Like, mm-hmm. exactly personally, subconsciously, in my mind and in the way I kind of live my life, I'm always working for love, you know, mm-hmm. not just accepting it, like. My parents like me because I'm awesome. Yeah. I'm actually literally is awesome. <laughs> but let's go back to be humble. <laughs> no, we're uh, literally the same person. It's okay. So I, I I know this feeling well. Yeah. So for me, it's just like knowing that. Uh, so as a child, I I ah, so weird. I actually would have cried out. So weird. It's okay. This is your space. You can share it. <laughs> this is your space. Uh, so basically when I was three months old my birth mom left right like left and went whatever so but I always believed that I that always made me believe that I don't deserve love you know thinking that someone who carries you in their body for like nine months would just decide and leave and go and that's it so like I have to I had I grew up with lots of love in my life, but I still believe that subconsciously I haven't accepted that people just love you because they love you and that's it. Even like being a Christian and my mom is a pastor, my mom is the most loving person. Like she loves all of us and everyone. Literally there are some people she loves that I'm just wondering like, why do you love these people? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. But I still feel like dealing with your history even if you don't it's not really my history I guess because I was a kid but these things still have like uh, they still have a hold on how my personality is molded when it comes to love like it's still about like I deserve love because I'm awesome or because I do the right things or even like because I seriously the people I've been with in the past are people who literally just adore me because I'm awesome. And what I want to change is, for me at least for 2018, is just to let people love you because you're flawed and mm-hmm. you don't have to be awesome. And just just attract love and understanding that gives you rest. Rest, you know, mm-hmm. like where you don't have to work for mm-hmm. love, where you don't have to strive. Exactly, like you don't have to strive for it, but... It's just happened, mm-hmm. both in friendship and both in, I don't know, like both in friendship and interpersonal relationship, just knowing that people actually love you for you, not because you're amazing. Like, And also it comes with being a Nigerian and also high-achieving Nigerian child with a syndrome of like everything has to be great. Mm-hmm. And I'm out, the way, like I know that the way I carry myself in the world is very charismatic. I have such charisma. Sometimes I I demand people's respect, but it doesn't have to always be about demanding things, I guess. When it comes to love, it's about like just being Mm -hmm. and knowing that you're worth loving and you're worth the pleasure and the attraction or whatever it is. I, I, I don't know. But it's really, like, one thing I want to consciously. And I actually, to say the funniest thing, like, I'm gonna start again behavioral cognitive therapy because that's where i get the tools to Mm -hmm. know that you don't have to work for everything you know yeah 
Well, I just want you to know that as oh, someone we- that I've gotten to know for the past two years, like I love you because of who you are. Not because, because of you awesome. No, no, I don't love you because you're awesome. That is like icing on the cake. The cake is you. Right? Oh the cake God. is just who you are as a person. Your awesomeness, the awesome things you do are part of you. But See? they're the icing. But they're the icing on the cake. Salem is rolling her eyes. I'm right literally rolling like, my eyes. She's trying to ruin my compliments. Like, yes, but I'm awesome. Like, yes. I've seen your awesome parts and I've seen your not so awesome parts, but all of that is you and all of that is lovable. Yeah, so that's it. Let's move on now because this is getting too emotional. <laughs> and I don't do emotional. Thank you very much. Now that we've gotten the feelings out of the way, let me say, let me let me do a light one for my third one. So, Please do. This yes, is heavy. Yes, this is heavy. Okay. I make room to sing dance and move daily like that's something that i really want to be intentional about it's just to like there's so much joy for me and there's so much soothing in the sound of your own voice singing like i don't know Mm -hmm. if other people experience that but for me like i just i love to sing i love my voice i love there's pleasure in that in singing and dancing and moving and walking um and when i do those things out of a desire to perfect a craft or to mm-hmm. tone my body, it loses the pleasure. And so I've never, like, if, if I'm walking and I'm just like, okay, I'm doing this to track the calories, or, you know, if I'm moving and I'm dancing and it's like, oh, this is all about toning or um, crafting some kind of body that I that is not available to me right now, it, it mm-hmm. loses the pleasure. And in so many ways, I've lost that pleasure. And so this year, I've just rediscovered it in just dancing and walking. Like, I just walk and uh, it's not about how many miles I've walked, how many miles I've clocked in. It's just, I love walking. I enjoy the feeling of being one foot in front of the other. I enjoy like being out in Mm. nature. I enjoy that. And I just want to tune into doing that more daily. And I think this kind of ties in with my fourth one. Um, And so I'll share this and then let you take over your fourth one. But my fourth one, and I guess the last one I'm going to share is... Mm -hmm. Like, I am 100% at home in my sucked belly and thighs. And that is, I mean, I felt like that kind of tied into the previous one for me. Because I wanted to, I, most of the times, it's been about crafting my body into a body that society deems healthy enough. So crafting, crafting my body into a body that society deems worthy enough of love and of attention and affection. Um, and that is just not the body that is available to me at this point in my life, right? And it probably will never be the body that is available to me. So, you know, so being like, I can be happy and truly at home, or I can continue to strive for a perfect body quote which i don't want anymore and i've kind of taken this it does not exist you know like and, and marketing just, marketing and television is lying to you people <laughs> no well and there are people like you know there are people who that i know i mean even you like your body is just your body is kind of more in tune with what is considered mainstream mm. as far as healthy and athletic you know so and and i have friends who are just like also in the yoga space, also in the wellness space, and just eat 
as clean as I do and their body look more mainstream. And I mm. eat as clean as I can and my body literally is just like, okay, cool. Like, And I eat trash. My body's still like this. <laughs> you know, so it, it really is just the body that's available to you. And so like, this year has been really deconstructing what are those beauty standards and like, why am mm. I trying to buy them? And mm-hmm. I think next year is just, and this year I think I'm becoming more at home in mm. my body um, and really just loving it and appreciating it and nurturing it and adorning it. But I still have moments where, like, I'll wear, like, a bodycon dress and be like, oh, I hate the way that this looks on me and not wear it, you know? And, and there's certain things that I limit myself to wearing or to expressing mm. because in some ways my body feels too much and in other ways it doesn't feel enough. Mm. Um, and this is yeah. beautiful to yeah. share. Thank you. So this this next year, like, my goal is just to be 100% at home, like, to be good you know, i'll be the the voice behind your head saying you are beautiful i <laughs> actually will create an affirmation text message every day <laughs> there you go there you go yeah no i and i i think i know that i think i beautiful is something that i identify with hmm. sexy even is something that this year i've been learning to identify with um hmm. nice like being i i hate the word hot but what is hot? Pepe. Um, that's why I hate the word. That's why I don't like the word as a descriptor of a person. But that is not something that I identify with, right? Like it and so it is just not There something. is this word I use for people. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, Sangrine. I don't know if they say it like that. It's like you're intellectually like you're beautiful but not exter uh, only exterior yeah. but interior yeah. and exterior and your humor and marries into how you express and carry yourself and all of that yeah like, i think that's you that's see thank you and i i actually don't i think that internally as a person i am a very beautiful person like i feel like my inner self is like i think i'm funny as hell <laughs> i think <laughs> I make myself laugh Oh, yes. So oh, much. my God, she is. Oh, my God. She sent me a message one day <laughs> and asked me something. And I was laughing because it was such an inappropriate question. But also such an innocent way that Salem asked me. And I was like, well, how do I answer this now? Yes. <laughs> like, it actually made me think. I was like, well. Right. It was so a very true. good question. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I think I'm really funny and I think that like I have a really good personality and I in so many ways I remember being a young kid and being like, Oh well you're you're not physically beautiful, so like make yourself like inner beauty, right? So uh, like mm-hmm. inner beauty, my brain, my intellect, all of those things are things that I identify for myself. But when it comes to like my body, my body, I just have not long enough. Maybe in the past two years have been the first time that I've associated beauty as something that is mine to own as well and is something that I could possess. And so next year, I really just mm. want to step into it, not just the could of possessing beauty, but the the certainty of the fact that I am beautiful, I am sexy, mm. and, you know, I carry all of those things, even if the way that my body distributes fat is not, like, perfectly proportional. Yeah, but the, what is proportional? And that's, uh, anyway, we're going to talk about it some other time. Yeah. And we've talked about it, like, on a friendship level. Yeah. But we're going to do this on a podcast. I think we should. Yes, I think so. Cause because I think it's... this is something that a lot of women have to walk through. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think even people that are, mo- you know, Ashley Graham, like, even people that are models and are part of the body positive movement still have to figure out for themselves, you know, what is 
what is this? Yeah, why do I, hold I, I have standard? a very different. I have a very different problem with Ashley Graham, and also have a different problem with the body positivity kind of mm-hmm. movement happening yeah. right now. It's uh, it's happening in a certain way that is very able-bodied, very yeah. white, very yeah, very like even well, even the curvy body, right? Like I think I was using Ashley because even in her. Like in being a big girl, in being a curvy girl, like as she's still very much an hourglass. Like her she's body's still. She's a regular glass. Yeah, she's a regular framed girl. Exactly. Like in Nigeria, for example, it depends on the society she's coming from. In Nigeria, she get more attention than I do, and it's exactly. not a it's not a good or bad thing, yeah, but it's, it's just, just like how st- culturally, mm-hmm. but it's changing yeah. stuff. So. so I think that like even yeah, I think that's my problem with the body positive movement. It's just it doesn't encompass people who don't look a certain way still. And I think mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot of vulnerability for people who don't look a certain way to post pictures of that, you know, to ride on mm-hmm. the train of body pause. Um, yeah. But that's, that's... And also, like, body policing on social media is such a weird thing. And I just find it very problematic, really. Like, what I get... I know why we need a body positivity movement, but to me, also look a lot like body policing mm. to me. Because I feel like if a certain curvy buddy posted some sort of picture like Ashley Graham, people are going to be like, oh, wow, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. But then if another person who look a little bit different with the same kind of buddy, mm-hmm. she's going to get a backlash. And it's still very, it's still very crazy. We live in such a crazy, crazy, yeah, crazy yeah, world. So yeah. I'm just going to shut up and we're going to talk about it some other time. Well, we're talk about um, it. All right, yeah. what's your fourth one? My third and last one is so beautiful and nice. I yes. guess I keep saying that for everyone. Uh, prune myself and tend to myself. Let go of the things that do not serve me and visualize of what I really want. So mm. if you guys don't know, as of a few, uh, a week ago, I cut off my hair. She my pretty, did. pretty curls. She did. <laughs> It was the most devastating time. It was actually... I'm going to have a big reveal. I did a video. It's so weird. Like, I cut my hair on video, on camera. Because uh, we... Salem also wrote a post on Instagram about hair. Mm-hmm. And you people are going to be like, why are you people talking about hair? But it's so, so important. Yes, like, putting myself and tending to myself start from me cutting my hair. Because in my years on this planet Earth, I have never had short hair. I've never, I've always been told my hair is amazing, it's beautiful. And being a model, an athlete, and just being like someone who's always visually everywhere. Mm-hmm. And just disclaimer, 2018, my face will be all over your Instagram feed. Okay. The face of my friends will be all over your Instagram feed. Okay. Just so you know, this is me just saying. It's not like I don't do it anyway, but I'm just giving you, you know, a warning again. Okay. Uh, if you love beautiful faces and high cheekbones, you know, and yes. gut tooth. Yes, <laughs> yes. you know? tooth is my weakness, though. Yo, future yeah, Bay. So- future Bay needs to have a gap tooth. And a high sitting butt. See, Those are my weaknesses. See, Sorry. See, see, yeah. see. We're blessing people with gap tooth. Oh wow. Go yeah. and you're like get yourself together. <laughs> so anyway, um, what I mean like by pruning myself and tending to myself, I feel like uh we forget that we carry so much collective generational, intergenerational trauma in our bodies and in our space that we don't really 
consciously we don't care for because we don't know, but subconsciously they affect the way we react, the way we live, the way we move in the world, and the way we carry ourselves. And cutting my hair has been the most devastating thing that I actually have done this year. Like, really. Like, I was telling Salem for months, I want to cut my hair, mm-hmm. but should I cut it or should I do dress or should I leave it? Mm-hmm. And everybody around me has been telling me like, your hair is so pretty, why do you feel the need to cut it? Blah, blah, blah. But imagine seeing like in my dreams, my dream telling me cut the freaking hair, but me not listening, mm-hmm. meditating, hearing that you need to cut your hair, but me not listening. And I feel like when I did it, I'm still f- trying to figure it out and navigate it, but when I did it and realized that, yeah, okay, it's done now. What I realized that I cut off the things that do not serve me, not because my hair doesn't serve me, but they have been the past five years. I've worked in a space where I, I was vulnerable to a lot of trauma from other people and from myself. Like I worked in Greece during the refugee crisis. I worked with women who had so much history of trauma Mm -hmm. and I was a healer, touching people, sharing people's history. All this energy is accumulated in my body. And all the things that we should have cut off, like I wash myself, I clean myself, but my hair kind of have all this energetic, uh, you know, attachments. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And having to cut that, like cutting all of that off, it feels like I, I submerge myself in a new energetic space mm-hmm. and just let go of all this trauma of others, of the people, the, the things in the world. Like, seriously, there's been a lot of trauma this year. But for me, it started, like, five years ago with all this crisis and me getting myself in that space instantly, like, walking in that space consciously, giving, 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 doing stuff, letting people touch me. So many people, like, people who've been raped, incest, all of these things that, things that are not mine, but because I walked in this space, I've let them attach themselves to me. And cutting my hair is like letting go of all of that, letting go of all the mentality of like, I need to suffer for me to prosper or letting go of the mentality of there is little. So I need to work hard, the like scarcity mentality or the mentality that I need to always do for others and not be done for me. Something like that. I feel like this point is like covering everything up. So I feel like I need to cut so many things off, not people, but cutting you know, the attachment that do not serve my purpose and my highest self and cut them off. And that start with cutting off my hair mm-hmm. and start fresh, get a new crown, make sure everything is fresh. Mm. A crown, you know, I need to say the crown. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> make sure everything is fresh and actually let go of the, the, the thinking, you know, the thinking of lack, the thinking of striving Mm -hmm. but also visualize beautiful things visualize amazing opportunities visualize amazing community where i don't only give but i also get yeah a sisterhood a a very effective sisterhood that is two-way sisterhood Mm -hmm. and learning also to love myself like learning to be like adiola yes you have beautiful hair but what are you without the hair you Mm -hmm. see like Mm -hmm. Learning to love yourself in the shell and without the shell. Yeah. So, yeah, this is me bald-headed talking. Too much knowledge in this bald head. I know. You're making me want to cut mine again and just, like, be completely bald. Uh, all of this, this wisdom. I'm like, hmm, maybe I need to cut mine again. <laughs> it also feels good, you know, when you take a oh shower. Oh, my and goodness. Yeah. what's on your scalp. That wow. is, the, uh, yeah, I remember when I cut my hair. That was the, I literally wash my head every day just for like for five minutes. Me too. I wash my hair every day yeah, now. Just yeah. for the water. For the water. <laughs> oh, 
Uh-huh. This was a great episode, Adiola. I think as we're ending this, is there some something that you want to end with as people are ending this year and about to kick off 2018? Do you have any words? Yes, I want to celebrate all the wonderful black women doing amazing things this year. Yeah. Uh, uh, I want to tell them they're loved, they're loving, they're lovable. Yeah. And they really deserve the word. And don't let anybody, anybody, whoever that person is to tell you otherwise, mm. make sure that your abundance is something you claim daily. Mm. Wake up daily and say to yourself, I am beautiful. I have abundance. I am safe in my abundance and I'm safe in yeah. everything. Mm. You know, it, it's hard out there, but I just wanted to see like, it's not a competition and the pie is big enough for all of us. And I'm just here for all wonderful black 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 women i'm gonna be like i'm gonna be sending emails dms to all the black women that i see doing things like next and be like girl get it get, get it. it like yeah yeah just watch out for my instagram seriously my instagram is gonna be lots of black faces which are mine and other people's but a lot of black success in success i mean people are just living their life mm-hmm. like literally living your best life like john boyega in calabar right yes, now like yes. i want to be in calabar next year next year i want to be in the calabar festival i'm just putting it out hey there. calabar carnival there's nothing like it you know i have a home in calabar so you're welcome Welcome. Yes, welcome next year, this time I'll be in Calabar Festival. Next year, 2018, I'll have a beautiful TED Talk talking to black women about just loving themselves. That's it. That's it. See? Okay. That was sweet, sweet and simple. I think for me, it would just be enjoy the foreplay of 2018. Like, really let yeah like let it romance you. Let it like pull you wow. in. Let, like 2017 uh, has been like wow. a hard year. So, like, let 2018 just, like, romance you. Enjoy the foreplay of 2018. Mm, nice. That's so good, right? Wow. That's, I'm not even ovulating, no. and I threw that one out. Like, that that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. 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 Oh, thank you guys so much for listening to us. It has been an amazing, amazing, amazing year with you. And we look forward to bringing you amazing new content in 2018. And as always, send us an email. Review us on your platforms and let us know share it with a friend have a listening party with some african black women you know just enjoy it and let us know what you want to hear us talk about some more we are here for you and these conversations are you know they mean the world to us if you get one thing out of it that encourages inspires or uplifts you have a wonderful year and we'll see you in two weeks and also to just let you guys know that my birthday is in a few days. It so is. I am expecting people to keep... So as a birthday gift, I want you guys to leave us review on iTunes because yes. that's how people will know about this awesome podcast. Exactly. And also, just come to my Instagram and say happy birthday to me on the 11th of January. If you don't do it, okay, I can't do shit, but please do it. <laughs> we will. You now have like Thank a very you. extra post for your birthday oh my god you're like my mom and dad they have this extra text message i wake up every morning with this extra text message of hello princess you're a beautiful daughter may god protect you and i'm just like wow with parents like this of course my ego is all over (laughs) all over yeah same (laughs) anyways see you guys later Bye. bye